there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What is up, everyone? And welcome in to Hail Varsity's newest podcast, Hail Varsity FC, where we exclusively talk the FIFA World Cup. <laughs> what? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> welcome to the show. Um, I, I have. Uh, we are not talking about the FIFA World Cup. Joining me today, we have a super pod. I have Brandon Vogel. Say hi, Brandon. Hello. I have Greg Smith. Uh, LeBron to LA. Hello. <laughs> and I have Jacob Padilla. Hello. This is going to be a fun show. So, uh, so College World Series ended last night. Yes, Thursday Correct. night. Um, meaning the college athletic season is officially over and there's nothing going on right now uh the only thing that is happening is nba free agency i I guess we can call this we're at the decision cave craig how you doing on the the lebron front uh currently i'm not a complete ball of emotions but i'm generally just very nervous i'm actually kind of surprised you agreed to do the podcast uh and tear yourself away from you know full focus on social media I need to be able to do other things with my time besides refreshing Twitter and hoping that Wodes tweets something out and I get an alert. So I appreciate you having me back on. For the record, he is decked out in Lakers gear today. So Yeah, he is. Um, so because free agency, NBA free agency is the only thing going on, I had this idea and I guess it turned out to be a half-baked idea because Jacob was giving me grief about it. But um, to essentially look at Nebraska's roster and each of us has a list of three guys um, that are around the college football landscape that are not currently on Nebraska's roster, that if there was the equivalence of an NBA free agency in college football, um, that we would choose to go out and sign these three players. Um, This is not actually something that I told you guys beforehand, but this is a rule that we're going to add in now. Uh, And it works for Brandon because Brandon came prepared with like nine people, he says. Um, so you're going to have a max slot. You're going to have a mid-level exception slot. You're going to have a league minimum slot. That's the way contracts work out at free agency. You have different values. Um, so we're going to have different values. So we're going to go through maxes first. Then we're going to go through the mid-level exception slot. Then we're going to go through min. So we're each going to pick four guys at a time. If your guy gets picked before you pick him, you're kind of out of luck, and you got to figure out a new person to uh, to bring onto the team. So Jacob only has three guys, so he's yeah. up the creek without a paddle right now. Yeah, see, this is the kind of stuff that I was trying to get fleshed out earlier when I sent you a Slack <laughs> message to try to get some rules, and you kind of just, oh, do whatever you want. Yeah. So that was, yeah. Th- this this will go well. you got to be able to think on your feet. <laughs> I'm sitting down. <laughs> so hopefully, like the goal of this is to just see how we feel about Nebraska's current team based on who everybody would like to add to the team from the outside. Um, so we can talk about that at the end. Let's just, I guess, get it started then. Brandon, you can go first. Um, no, he's got nine guys. He should go yeah. last. <laughs> oh, Brandon can go first. Your no, max. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go towards the end. I've, okay, I've, I've got let... nine guys. I'm confident that I'm not going to lose too many off my list. <laughs> do we want to let Jacob go first then? 
Yeah, well, no, because that's no fun. Because he only has three guys. We want to watch him. <laughs> want to watch him squirm a little bit. So I think Greg goes first. Okay, that works. Okay, so Greg, this is going to be your max slot. This is going to be the guy that you feel like is going to be the best, uh, the biggest addition to Nebraska football. So who is it? Uh, where's he from? And then why did you go with him? Yeah, my my number one pick, max slot guys, uh, to me is is a no brainer. It's Ed Oliver from Houston, defensive lineman. Uh, I think he's the best player in college football, actually. Um, plus, he also gives something, gives Nebraska something um, that they currently completely lack, which is a, a really dynamic pass rushing and run stopping defensive lineman. Um, and he could also then help that secondary um, out as well. So I think Ed Oliver needs to be uh, the first max slot for me. Jacob. Why don't you go next? Mm. So the question now is, do I just stick with my list? Because I don't necessarily know if they fit in perfectly with those level. Like, I didn't pick any of, like, the absolute best players in college football. You don't have to. Uh, but, yeah, but I also don't want to overpay a guy, right? So, well, like, if I've got we're that trying to address, spot, We're trying to address needs here, Jacob. Who are you going to throw the most money at? You know what? And because it's very on brand with me, um, I'm going to actually steal a... One of your guys, Brandon, from when we did a similar exercise in the mailbag, I am taking Noah Fant, and I'm going to use him as a tight end. He's got a chance to uh, um, jump to the draft after this year, potentially, so it's kind of a one-year thing, but maybe you do get him for two years if you can convince him, hey, stay another year. Um, maybe he doesn't have quite the season he wants to or doesn't quite get the draft grade that he wants, and maybe get two years out of this deal if you don't. Even a one-year stopgap deal while the young tight ends on the roster kind of step up and grow. Um, I think that would be huge for Nebraska's roster. And he's a local kid. Obviously, I, I knew this kid. I covered him playing basketball coming up through high school. And you're stealing him from Iowa. So I think those are all um, great points for why Noah Fant would be a good addition to Nebraska for next season. Okay, so this is interesting because... Uh, Greg's first guy was a defensive lineman. Yes. My first guy that I'm going to pick is on the defensive side of the ball as well. I don't know about Brandon, but you go offense first. I think when, I mean, especially a guy that's going to be a pass catcher. Yes. And uh, we released, we got all the, the Hill Varsity yearbooks in yesterday. Um, make sure you go to signup.hillvarsity.com to make sure that you don't miss any more editions of the yearbook or Hill Varsity. Uh, yes. Plug. But we got those in yesterday. Um, and so we started sharing pictures and, and things whatnot on social media. And one of the, the things that was shared was the pass catching group, the wide receivers, most dangerous in college football. I don't know if they're the best in college football, but they're really good. They've got really good pass catchers. Why did you go offense first instead of defense? Well, um, like I said, I kind of just decided to stick with my list and go on brand. Um, it's a fun exercise. One, I'm sure somebody else will take a. Obviously, there's another. There's a couple guys in the Big Ten that we could have been potentially stolen with that max spot that are going to be NFL guys next season, um, specifically on the defensive line. But um, I just decided to stick with my list because we didn't really – I tried to avoid just like picking the three biggest names in college football to add to my team when I was thinking about this yesterday. So, And I guess we could look at it different too. Like, a, Is it kind of all the same or is it like – um, is it kind of like the NFL um, franchise tag where you got different like max slots for different t- positions or um, years or that kind of thing? So like, am I really am I tw- uh, throwing the same money at Noah Fant that I would have at um, at Oliver? So these are kind of the things that we didn't really discuss beforehand that makes this more difficult and kind of leaves me in a bad spot. But. I think you're looking at this way too much from like a financial like 
yes like gm <laughs> standpoint as opposed to like roster building I think, yeah which was the that was the the idea that i had uh the the thing that i was trying to get was do you feel do you not feel comfortable about the tight end group that they have so so basically i looked at i took one offensive player one defensive player and one special teams for kind Ooh. of the three guys okay um like and teams. i figured i figured uh fant because of who I uh, took for my defense, I actually figured Fant would slide in better at that max spot. Um, like I said, it doesn't line up perfectly with kind of the way you were looking at it, but that's kind of just the way I went with my guys. And I, I don't feel uncomfortable about the tight end situation, but again, these are all guys that are super young. Even like Jack Stoll is kind of the clear leader, the go-to guy there, and he's got eight catches yeah. for his career. Um and so he's barely played the young guy. I'm really high on Austin Allen. I think he's going to be a good player, but he's a redshirt freshman, has not played a snap yet. So I feel like you, if you get a fan in there for one, maybe two years as kind of that, that stop, not necessarily stopgap, but a guy that can let those young guys develop kind of more uh, on their own timeline as opposed to having to step up and be big right now. And like the dude like led the Big Ten in touchdowns. Like that's... I feel confident that uh, Nebraska's offense is really going to move the ball. Um, I like having that guy that you know can finish off drives once you get into that red zone, and Fan is absolutely one of those guys. Sure. Uh, my max guy is a cornerback from Duke, uh, Mark mm, Gilbert. Duke, wow. As a as a sophomore last year, uh, he had six interceptions, which was fourth in the country. He had 14 pass breakups. He had 20 passes defended. That was fifth in the country. Um, I think he's a pretty underrated lockdown corner, and it's not like he was playing in a conference that doesn't have you know wide receiver talent. Um, the the havoc thing comes into play for me a bit here because Nebraska's defense, especially in the secondary, I think they were like one thirtieth in the country in havoc rate last year. Um, there are 130 FBS teams, <laughs> um, but I, th- this is more about nailing down uh, one of those corner spots with a reliable, worry-free option because um, I feel like having. Having one guy that you don't that Travis Fisher is not going to have to worry about means that Lamar can make mistakes. It means that DiCaprio Boodle can make mistakes. It means that a new guy like Cam Jones um, can come in and, and make mistakes. Those guys can grow and continue to learn. Um, I think everyone is in pretty good agreement here that we don't. I mean, we don't really know what to expect uh, or who to expect it from on the secondary. But I feel like if if there was one guy on Nebraska's uh, in, in that back four that you could pencil in and you could say, you know what you're going to get from this guy game in and game out. He's going to be a, a, a lockdown guy. I think we would be talking about this defense so much differently. Silence. Does anybody <laughs> agree? Does anybody agree with that? I, 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 I think agree the logic that, of sound. I'll probably have a corner uh, coming up here at some point. Brandon, who do you have as your max slot guy? Yeah. So I think, um, I think the most the past national championships show us that, uh, if you've got a dominant defensive line, you have a chance to be to be really good. I had a feeling that Greg would take Ed Oliver, so so I avoided him. Uh, you could really throw basically every Clemson D, D lineman's name in a hat and pick one out and be good. Um, but as a lifelong Wu Tang Clan fan, I'm delighted that we have a generation of players coming through the ranks with the name Raekwon. So that was the ultimate deciding factor for me. Also doesn't hurt this guy's 6'7", 308, had eight and a half sacks last year. So my max slot goes to Raekwon Davis of Alabama. Defensive end. That is the best reasoning that I'm going to hear all day. (laughs) Yeah. Get a Wu-Tang coin reference on the podcast. Man, we are starting off strong. 
I mean, you, you know, every, I think all of us see it, but you look, you look at defensive line and if you've just got somebody up there who, who can't be single teamed, um, it, it changes so many things. So, you know, I, I suspect D line might come up again in this process. Uh, Greg and I both went there first. Brandon, does Nebraska currently have a player on the defensive line that cannot be single teamed? Not based on what we've seen so far. Um, I'll be interested to see, you know, Freedom has the frame and the athleticism, but hasn't kind of shown it to be that guy so far. So, you know, we'll see what an offseason was worth for him. I, I think the Davis twins probably have the the highest upside still. Um, and that, that might be your best bet for that type of player to sort of develop as the season goes on, in my mind. Interesting. Greg, who's your uh, your mid-level guy? Now, this is where it gets a little bit tricky because now I'm hoping that the guys that I pick can't slot into these slots like mid-level and minimum because uh, this is a pretty good player to be getting with, with your mid-level exception. Uh, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, I'm going to go cornerback. I said that uh, corner would come back up again. And I'm going to go with Greedy Williams, uh, cornerback out of LSU. Um, he's just a sophomore, 6'2", 182. I had six interceptions last year, and I feel like kind of like what Brandon was alluding to with Clemson's defensive line and just kind of picking the name out of a hat, I feel like every year you can find a cornerback at LSU that's really, really good, that's about to be a high draft pick either coming up in the next draft or in a couple of years. Um, And for all the reasons that you mentioned earlier, Nebraska having a lockdown corner or a dynamic playmaker in the back end um, would go a long way to helping them, especially with some of that youth and trying to bring them along here. Um, as well. So I'm going to go Greedy Williams from LSU. Greg, that was my cornerback. Um, <laughs> and then I switched him to Mark Gilbert because I chose Greedy in our mailbag. Yes, I remember that. So <laughs> I'm glad I changed it. Who's next? Jacob, you doing your MLE? Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to continue along with the trend of, I don't necessarily know if it fits, but I'm going with the most interesting kind of like uh, scenarios here. And I'm going to use my mid-level exception on Buki Radley-Hiles. We need corner help. I feel like you bring in a guy like that, that'll push guys like uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, like if like you got this young cat coming in or he's taking your spot if you don't get it, if you don't put in the work, all that kind of stuff. So I, I feel like, um, again, it would have been really interesting to see how his career would have played out if he had stuck with his commitment. He had made it to Lincoln. Um, again, I mean, you probably know better than I do, but it sounds like all the reports out of Oklahoma are that he's everything they kind of expected out of him so far. Um, doesn't necessarily have the ideal like outside um, frame to push a guy like Lamar Jackson right away as kind of like your number one corner. But I definitely think he's talented enough um, to really push the guys in that room play a lot right away and I, I think that'll elevate the whole group and again I, I didn't look at it kind of the I didn't get the rules beforehand so um, I was kind of struggling to figure out all right who's a good cornerback that I want to go with I didn't want to take a guy like Greedy Williams because he did mention him um, in the previous thing I was trying to stay away from guys that are going to be um, like guaranteed NFL draft picks next year because we're trying to build this team here and I wanted guys that are going to be around more than one year because I feel like in two and three years is when Nebraska is really going to make more of a push as opposed to next season. And part of that's kind of why I didn't take a guy like Nick Bosa with my max slot there. Cause I figured, um, he's, he's one and done and it. I don't necessarily know if he's going to win Nebraska, the conference next year, um, no matter what. So that was kind of my logic behind the first two picks, I guess. 
I have two seniors and a junior, and I think the thinking was just that, you know, Nebraska's building for the next couple years, uh, but adding a couple, just adding just a couple pieces to the team and some key needs, I feel like makes this a pretty intriguing team heading into next year. And it could definitely swing that way. It's just tough to know not having seen any of the guys on the roster play for Frost and his assistants. Like, we, we can all... We have uh, a spring game. <laughs> yes. You learned so much from the spring game. <laughs> yes, we learned... I, I don't know what we learned. Um, but we, we learned some of Nebraska's Adrian players Martinez are good. Martinez is yes. going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. That's what we learned. Yes, when he gets to play Nebraska's third and fourth string defense, he will be the Heisman Trophy winner. <laughs> I, I think I think Buki does make this team immediately better, even as a freshman, which is why I had also planned to to take him in this slot as well. Yes. So, so thank oh, you, wow. <laughs> Thank you for letting me go ahead of you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and and Fant was of course on my list too, which you probably knew because yep. he was he was my right. offensive pick in the mailbag. In, indeed. There's like 1,300 players in college football, and you've picked two of the, <laughs> two of the nine guys that Braden had on his list. <laughs> I'm just going to say that says a lot about me and my intelligence and my understanding of college football. Sure. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to let that ride. <laughs> we, we have editorial synergy is yes. what Greg and there I were we talking go. about before. Uh, my my mid-level is Sutton Smith uh, from Northern Illinois. Led the country oh, yeah. in sacks last year with 14. Led the country in tackles for loss with almost 30. Uh, he had three forced fumbles. He had three pass breakups. The one thing that most people say about the Nebraska defense, um, and I guess evidenced by you know our leadoff taking Ed Oliver, um, is that Nebraska that defensive line that is just not a playmaker. Um, it doesn't have one guy that can that can force an offense to scheme around him. Um, I don't necessarily think that that will absolutely be the case by the end of this season. I think we might have a guy or two that pops up and is like, "Hey, I'm like really good," um, like Ben Stilley. Yes. Um, but <laughs> Nebraska was 129th in Havoc rate last year and 107th in front seven Havoc rate. And this guy, Sutton Smith, um, like I said, would be a nice holdover, a nice teacher for some of the younger guys and just a, a Havoc monster uh, this season. So he's mine. I, I really like that pick, and it simplifies things for me because he was also on my list. And I uh, was... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I kind of had to think about slotting him here in the middle, but um, now I don't, obviously. So who's your guy then? Who's your mid-level then? Oh, I'm, I'm, st- I, I'm still excited about this guy too. Um, and, and I might be overpaying to get him for, for one year, but I think that's okay. I'm going with, to continue the trend from the last two picks, guys who have already played at Memorial Stadium, uh, Andrew Wingard from Wyoming, safety. Nebraska doesn't really need a safety, but this guy just – he's. He's an astonishing playmaker. He's just around the ball all the time. 367 career tackles, eight career interceptions. I assume he's going to own every Wyoming defensive record that is available to him. Uh, and his dad was a Husker punter. So give me that guy. So give me that guy. I feel like that's a good tagline for this podcast. Give me that guy. We have our title. Um, so seven of the eight picks so far have been defensive guys. Is that right? <laughs> Because you're the only one that's a little trend developing. That is correct. Yes. Interesting. Um, Okay, so Greg, you now have your your minimum slot. This is the last the last roster spot that you're filling. Who are you adding? 
All right, so now I'm going to buck the trend that you just said uh, with the defensive guys, and I'm going to go offensive, um, and I'm going to go with a former recruit that Nebraska was in on that they lost that they would they could definitely need right now, um, and that's Foster Sorrell from Stanford, big offensive lineman. So a former five-star recruit, hasn't played yet there. He redshirted um, his one season there last year. Um, so if you remember, he said 6'7", 300. Um, I think he's got future first-round pick written all over him. So if you get a guy like that on your offensive line and build with him and let Zach Duvall take over, um, I think Nebraska would be in a good position with him. Interesting. Jacob? Yeah, that's a very good name there. I think that's a good pick. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that I took one player from each uh, phases of the game, and my minimum roster spot I am going to use on a kicker. It is Rodrigo Blankenship from Georgia. So a couple positives here. Sports goggles? <laughs> he uh, was 20 of 23 on field goals, um, 87%. He, he made a 55-yarder against your Oklahoma Sooners. So he's got the leg. He's got the accuracy. My Oklahoma 63, Yes. I guess having a degree from there means that they're mine. Yes. They are. Um, yes. You, you did talk about wearing your or using your Shh. OU alumni – uh, license plate <laughs> cover around Lincoln uh, today. So. Anyway, uh, 63 of 63 on extra points, uh, 123 points a season. Um, he's really good kicker, and um, he's got two more seasons to play as well. And also, his name is Blankenship, so if things do go bad, there's a lot of pun potential there. <laughs> so I, I feel like this is a win-win, whether he's really good or not. You let him come in two years, you redshirt um, – uh, Barrett Pickering this season, then let him play as his backup next season, and then he's ready to take over in a couple years as a redshirt sophomore, and we'll have three years as a starter. So I'm using my minimum roster spot on a kicker. I'm not crazy, right? That is the guy that has the the sports glasses. Uh, I don't know. This is his picture. Oh. It's a great podcast right here. <laughs> okay, but. describe it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, describe it. Describe uh, him to us. Yeah. We don't need to do that. Six foot one, one ninety one. Does he have that? He does not, not in his, in his uh, bio picture. So six foot one, one ninety one. That's big for a kicker. Not as big as uh, Rafael Gagliononi. That's true. I don't know. Some, if I some got of the that specialists right. nowadays are big. I, I, Greg and I were just talking about this at Friday Night Lights last oh, week. Hey, hey, hey. Yep, it Sports is him. Sports goggles. Sports goggles. There it yep. is. Um, Greg and I were just talking about this at Friday Night Lights last week when we saw Caleb Lightborn. Yes. He might be the biggest uh, specialist that I've seen, just in terms of like muscle. Like he's gotten yeah. huge. Well, and I so the, um, his first year on campus before I really like uh, got to know some of what these guys look like. Um, I did not realize what position because I didn't see it. he was walking towards me. And so I, I, I didn't, wasn't looking at his number, didn't memorize or anything. I didn't see his name. I was like, who the heck is that? Is that a linebacker or something? And then he walked by and I was like, oh, hey, that's, a, that's the punter. So I would definitely agree with that. He does not look like your average specialist. He's definitely not an Alex Henry back there who yeah. looks like his helmet was three sizes too big for him. Yeah. Kicker is interesting because kicker is like that one position that nobody cares about until yes. you care about it. Exactly. And right. like you, I mean, you could lose two or three games a year just by not having a kicker. It happens to Alabama happens to and like yeah, some of these big schools that they put pour all these resources and then you got a walk on kicker coming in blowing kicks in big moments. And that's one position that has really been strong in Nebraska over the years. And I think it's important to kind of continue that trend. And Blankenship, I think, will kind of 
bridge that gap until Pickering's ready. Drew Brown was a, a longtime starter. Um, they had guys before him that were, I mean, that, that hasn't been a position that, at Nebraska that has historically gone like, you know, one guy and then the next year it's a new guy. Yes. Are, are, I want to go down the line. Are we in agreement that Barrett Pickering is the next, maybe probably a three-year starter for Nebraska, Greg? Yes, I'm going to say yes. And, and it's weird, too, because when you think about that, like to get to that point to where you were with Drew Brown last year, it's my feeling that you've got to go through a little bit of a lump um, maybe this season, maybe it's not horrible, but maybe it's a little bit inconsistent. But then that'll pay off a couple of years down the road when he's a when Pickering is a multi-year starter. So yeah, I think he's a multi-year starter. And that's exactly what happened with Drew Brown. He he played as a freshman and kind of had his lumps, missed some kicks that um, he's probably uh, mad himself about. But by the end of his career, he was one of the most reliable guys in the conference. It's just a shame that Nebraska didn't get within field goal range more often to actually use his talents. Brandon, how do you feel about the kicker position? Was Blankenship on your list as well? No, he was not. Um, but but I would agree. Like I mean, Pickering, you, you sign a kicker and, you, and hope you don't have to think about it for another three years at least. Um, and I, I think he definitely has the potential to do that. Um, like Jacob mentioned, you know, Drew Brown's first year, judged against the rest of it, looks a little bit rocky, but it was still pretty good. I think I think Nebraska can expect a similar level in uh, in 2018. So my uh, my minimum guy is a is an offensive lineman from Kansas State. He's a senior. Uh, it's Dalton Reisner. 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 Um, PFF called him one of the most productive offensive linemen in, in the PFF era. He's got experience all over the line. Um, I'd put him at center. Uh, he's he's a senior, so you, I, mean, I mean I'm only getting him for a year. Um, but I'd put him at center. I would kind of ease some of the concerns on the offensive line that they have right now. It is Reisner. Reisner. Okay. Um, and then let Will Farniok develop because I feel like he might be the, the future center for them. Well, but then you've got Desmond Bland coming in next year as part of that um, kind of picture as a Juco guy. And I mean, Farniok's still got quite a few pounds to pack on like 250 or whatever he's listed at right now. Well, but so, he's also in Zach Duvall's weight program. That's true. And so will Bland next year coming out of junior college. And Duvall is a noted critic of colors and you will, uh, you will war daddy up when you are in his program. So there are, <laughs> There are no corners that you can cut with Zach Duvall. Uh, I think we made it through. That's all three. Do I get so, a, Do I get to make my last pick or no? <laughs> oh, man, you're just gonna cut Brandon out. Like no, Derek made all his picks. This podcast is over. Yeah. <laughs> um, Brandon, well, I'm I, so sorry. Go ahead. As you guys know, um, Iowa is really the cradle of tight end play this year. Um, the top pick is off the board in Noah Fant. Um, but I am going with a player I could get for the for the minimum, based on production at least, and that is uh, Iowa State tight end Chase Allen, who had all of four receptions and 39 yards last year, but is rocketing up, uh, you know, long-term draft boards. He's only a redshirt sophomore, so, you know, he could be gone after this year, theoretically. The, the production isn't quite there, but the, the measurables are – I think he had a Nebraska offer coming out of high school. He was from Missouri originally, um, 6'7", 230. So that, that kind of matchup problem tight end that I think Nebraska could use right away in, in year one. But what really sold it for me is uh, when he graduated high school, he held, held the state record in the javelin. And we know that this staff loves uh, track success. So I think he's a perfect uh, cultural fit while also addressing a need. Iowa State tight end. That's great. So you had you had an Iowa State tight end, you had a, a, a Wu Tang claim claim. Why can I not say that? <laughs> you had one of those references. I think Brandon won. 
His was the most interesting, probably. Well, um, I, he, <laughs> he put the most work into it. I think so. That's only no. I think you put the most work in with your analyzing of cap space and mental gymnastics. I did that in like ten minutes. (laughs) But I spent thirty minutes chafing against the lack of rules on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to give you guys the freedom to do what you want to do. And wait, that kind of criticized. You said you're going to give us freedom, but then you came and threw in rules at the last minute. So which is it? Yeah, because I wanted to see how you would react. Keep you on your toes. it does. Yeah, it does. It really does. If I, can, I hope so. If I can get you into one of those situations. Okay, I was watching on TV during the NBA draft. Um, they had a guy on that doesn't typically talk about college players. And uh, a kid got drafted. And then the host of the show looked over to this guy and says, what do you think about the kid? And the guy on live television said, I don't know. I love Zach Lowe. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. I wanted to get you in one of those situations. One of you. I don't know. <laughs> We'll find out. Fortunately, time, because of the time. draft order, that did not happen. Or I guess the pick order. It's not really a draft. Yeah, I think it's crazy that uh, you had three guys, only three guys, and none of your players were taken by anybody else. Yeah. And then Brandon had nine, and two of them got picked off. Like well, right three of away. them. Well, because he was taken one. Sutton oh, Smith, Sutton too. Smith yeah. as well. Yeah, three of them. So it's a good thing that he had nine instead of three like me. Okay, so this, I mean, it's a, it's a fun exercise to say, like, who who could we pluck from around the country that's really good at what they do and add them to Nebraska for this year? Um, but kind of zooming back, a lot of the, the names that we picked are defensive players. How does everybody feel about the defense versus the offense, which is stronger, heading into, I guess, fall camp? Whoever wants to talk, go ahead. I'll go first. Um, I think it kind of just goes back to last year did not lend itself to anybody making plays on the defense. So right now it looks like there are no playmakers on the defense. Could that change with the different mindset from your defensive coordinator, different play calls, all that kind of stuff? I think that's what Nebraska fans are hoping for. It could also mean you just don't have any top end talent on the defense and it's going to struggle if that's the case. I do like a lot of the guys on the team. I think guys like Carlos Davis and Luke Gifford and some of these guys are going to have really good years playing under Eric Chenander. Um, so I, I think that's kind of the big question mark right now. Are there any playmakers on this defense, or was the defense hiding the playmaking potential last season? And I think a lot of kind of guys on this in this exercise have focused on bringing in playmakers on that mm-hmm. side of the ball for that reason because we don't have any proven ones on the team right now. Yeah, I think I think jail, Jacob nailed pretty much what I was going to gonna say there. You just... It's tough to it's tough to look at that group and 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 point to the guy and be like oh yeah here's here's the one and and not because I mean I don't feel like guys really had much of an opportunity to grow into that role last year so you're so you're almost starting from strat, scratch again so if the question is okay how do you how do you make this roster better today um, well you do what we just did you know. I, It'd be a different discussion in in November, probably, because I do think you'd have some Nebraska guys who would work their way onto the list and and changed all of those sorts of needs that we see right now. Yeah, and you know, if you think about it in relation to the offense, Derek, like we, 
I just feel like you have more confidence in a some of the players on that offense, whether or not it's Stanley or JD, um, or actually even you know a Greg Bell or whoever's going to be the quarterback between Martinez and Jebbia. Um, and, and then when you add in Walters and Frost and their history, you just have more confidence on that side because it just feels like that's what they do um, versus the defense. So and you don't know what they have to work with on that defense. So it just makes it really tough. Like I'm, I'm struggling to think of how many like true playmakers they have currently on this defense. And if I could really just pick out a couple um, from start without seeing any games. Um, like Brandon said, that could change in November, and it could certainly change, and I expect it to change heading into year two with these guys. Um, but right now, you just don't see those playmakers or guys that you can project to be those real playmakers. And that was about to be my next question, was do we just feel confident in the offense, or do we just feel less confident in the defense than we do the offense? I think I think what you're seeing is, you know, as much as – so you've got two of your best players on the roster at, at wide receiver, but I think it's it's kind of the confidence in, in Scott Frost and company's overall scheme coming through too. Um, you know it's an offense that works, um, you know, but Nebraska has personnel questions on that front. Um, depending on how you feel about the offensive line and what they did, you know, there, there are some stats out there that say they were pretty good, some that say they weren't. Um, running back, you've got a lot of options, but who's the best one for this system? We'll see. Um, and quarterbacks totally new. So, I mean, it's, they're much less proven on the offensive side personnel wise, but I think that Scott Frost scheme is so hard to ignore that it sort of inspires a little bit of confidence in everybody. And I think you look at both sides of the ball, there's really one big question mark, like position wise, um, on each side, or I guess unit wise on the offense, that's the offensive line. You feel like you've got the talent, uh, between returners and newcomers, uh, at, quarterback the receiving positions running back but none of that's going to matter if the offensive line isn't better on the defensive side of the ball you look at their that secondary specifically cornerback because i feel like you got good options at uh, at safety in the middle there so the cornerback um is kind of the big question mark that if things go bad it could go really bad but i feel like the defensive line and linebacker units are both even if they, they lack top-end playmakers, I think they're solid. Like, you're going to have enough good football players to put together decent production at those positions. And maybe if you kind of – and especially with the dip, the change in schematic, maybe you can hide a little bit of those corners just with aggressiveness and success from those other positions. It's going to be a lot harder to hide that offensive line um, if you're going to try to run the offense the way that Frost wants to. So – it is kind of interesting because you think about it, I think the offensive line is the biggest question on the whole team, but the defense, I think, is what we're focusing more on here. You guys are doing all of my transitions for me. That was <laughs> going to be my next question. Transition dream team right now. Um, when we head into fall camp, what's the, the one position group that you guys are all going to be looking forward to the most? Jacob, you say offensive line, I'm thinking. Greg, let's start with you, and we'll just roll through the order that we went through for um, picking your players. The, the position that you're looking at uh, with the the heaviest microscope in fall? You know, it's interesting for me. Let me tell you what it's not going to be because it's not going to be the offensive line for me. I think that this scheme covers up a lot of the deficiencies that this offensive line has had in the past. 
Um, and I think that because of the scheme, like you won't have to, you don't have to, you no longer have to have like those prototypical offensive tackles, you know, that like say Wisconsin has or even Iowa has. Um, they will need better guard play and those guys will need to be in better shape so they can do have more movement. Um, but I'm not as concerned about the offensive line. Like it's all about the secondary to me. Like I feel like right now, I don't know if there's a player on the roster that I feel great about. Um, especially when you lock it down, lock it down a corner or narrow it down a corner. Um, and that to me is where they're going to have to find some level of consistency, um, to be able to have success on this defense is they've got to find corners, um, that can be, you know, pretty good, um, to, to good, uh, this season. So we got Jacob, you said offensive line, uh, add anything else? Yeah, I, I, I guess it depends. Like that's the one that I'm most looking forward to. I, you're right that I think the scheme can hide some of that, but at the same time, if you get bad center play, which is a big question mark with Michael Decker's retirement, um, then it's going to be tough to do everything that Frost wants to do, just in terms of going fast, making the calls, everything they need. you got to snap the ball. like We've seen over the last few years how damaging bad snapping can be. So I think that's part of why I'm, even with the ability, I think, to hide some of it with the play calling, they still got to be able to get things started and uh, give uh, kind of Frost that freedom to use everything in the playbook. Cornerback is definitely the one I'm looking forward to looking at mostly in camp, though, because I think you'll be able to tell a little bit better there just based on the way um, things are going, like one-on-one. Um, uh, I guess I'd, we'd have to be able to see practices for that, right. so that, that makes it tough, but... I, I think those are definitely the two most interesting ones for sure. Corner was my pick just because when I look at it right now, like I have no idea who's going to be corner one and corner two. Like we could have somebody like Ethan Cox yeah. playing corner two. Um, you know, you could have Lamar Jackson and DiCaprio Boodle, who everybody I think kind of expects to be quarter one and two. Those could be the guys. What happens with Eric Lee, who started at corner two last year, and <laughs> we haven't talked about him at all. Um, that'll be position that I'm looking at the most. Brandon, what about you? Yeah, I was sort of waffling between secondary and uh, defensive line, which I'll make my my actual pick. Secondary certainly, I think, has the most questions to answer. Um, Defensive line, you've got a good group of of guys. um, But to go back to sort of what we started talking about with the the max level slots, you know, the sooner Nebraska gets back to being kind of a a wrecking crew up there, the the better off they'll be. Uh, And that's true for any team. But it's been a while since since we've seen it at Nebraska any sustained level. So I think there's some guys who, who could become that um, most importantly, can you become it as a unit? Um, I, I don't know, but they've, they've got plenty of options there. So that's just going to be a one where you're not so much worried about the personnel. I don't think, um, although you would certainly supplement it if you could, uh, you're just kind of just waiting to see how it all plays out. And, you know, it's, it's possible if, if that pass rush becomes better than anybody would project at this point uh, and you get the same exact secondary play you got, um, a year ago, you know, those guys start to look a lot better. Now, that wouldn't be enough. You're going to need better secondary play, too. But I think defensive line will be a fun one to watch if not the, you know, if it's n- not the most critical, which I don't think it is. Well, I mean, it's like it's like what you said when you made your, your pick earlier, that the best teams in the country have some of the best defensive lines in the country. So, um, guys, let's wrap this up. It was fun, gentlemen. Brandon, my Skype says that I haven't called you in three months. So it's been three months, apparently, since you were on the last podcast. So we need to not let that happen again. Yeah, I open up Skype every Friday, just hoping that maybe there'll be a surprise <laughs> call. And it's been nothing since April. So, um, yeah. I blame well, Greg. 
Okay. That, always, that Bre- always blame Greg. That's fine. <laughs> uh, Big Red Recon has been posted to the website. Uh, it's probably the last piece of content that Greg Smith will write until LeBron James makes his free agent decision. <laughs> um, so make sure make sure you guys get on to HailVarsity.com and read that. We'll have a couple other things posted later uh, Friday, and then we'll have some, some stuff through the weekend maybe. But then definitely uh, into next week, we'll have plenty of content posted. Um, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes if you haven't already. Subscribe to Schmitty's radio show uh, on iTunes if you don't already do that. And Jacob, would you like to say anything? No, just if you're not already subscribed and you didn't get your yearbook yet, um, they should. if they haven't already, they should be hitting newsstand soon. So go pick up a copy. Heck, if you want an extra copy, just go pick one up. Give it, give it as a gift. Um, I'm sure everybody knows a Husker fan that would love to receive one. So just, yeah, go out and uh, pick up those yearbooks. Since Jacob did all the heavy lifting, I will say uh, simply enjoy your fireworks and uh, go Samurai Blue.